0: Welcome back to Noise Avocation Podcast, the weekly show on all things music-related. I'm Ryan with Jeremy here as always.
1: How's everybody doing out there?
0: Hopefully everybody enjoyed Subatomic Strangers' interview and was able to fluently understand Nico. I don't think he was that bad I think he did a,
1: um, his English is really good, actually. Probably better than mine at times.
0: I wonder how, uh... Well, some Americans' English really is because we speak so many dialects,
1: right? And all the uh,
0: slang and shit. Yeah, so like proper English, I don't think many of us really speak it.
1: Not in America. You're right. Probably not in America because we have everything all. Mixed Everything's up. all backwards. Oh, all bunch of jabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. Not everybody has like mad different
0: lingos. That would be hard to learn, as like somebody who that wasn't your first language. But it'd be, like, one of us trying to learn Mandarin or something. Well, wouldn't it, it be like, like, a million different dialects.
1: Like, kind of, like, bouncing from, like, a New York neighborhood, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to go see what the Appalachians are doing, and they're going to talk totally different than the yeah. people in the Bronx, and then bounce all around. But you. I wonder
0: if it's like that, like, if you go to Singapore... And then Korea, and then... Yeah, with, all the... Hey, ma- you're oh, like and the you're, like, bouncing Mandarin around and... different places. And uh I just wonder if they have different dialects for each thing, too. I'm sure they do. So it really can't be just us. I just think maybe they don't stray
1: as much as we do. Could be. Anyway. Yeah, fuck that language shit, man. I'm I'm good with English, and... uh if I had to speak Spanish, I probably could pick it up fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, that'd probably be the, like your next best bet right. of a language
1: to learn. Because you'd be—that's their best chance of being around like Spanish speaker-speaking
0: people around these parts. I think parts. that's the the most spoken or second most spoken language in the United States. If I, car- be. I'm pretty sure. But anyways, we're not here to talk fucking Rosetta Stone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this week we have a guest who I've been wanting to interview for a while. Uh, her name is Jordan Joyce from the band Gallows Bound. And if you've never listened to Gallows Bound, I highly recommend them to you. They're listed as Appalachian punk blue or Appalachian punk bluegrass, I think, or punk grass or something like that. I don't remember exactly. I, th- yeah. I think both, really. It's
1: just a mix of all of that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: but. One of the coolest live shows that I've ever seen personally and they just have a really huge sound and they have a lot of fun doing it and there's, I've seen numerous shows of them and they kind of try to mix everything up each different show to where...
2: They're
1: not doing the same thing every time. Yeah,
0: it's not like cut and dry, you're going to get this song here and they end on this song and I've seen shows where they start one song and fade into the next and carry into the next and I've seen shows where they play like duets with like goddamn gallows and shit yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. other members are coming up to play shit and i don't know it's just always been like a lot of fun to watch them live so it's cool that we very actually,
1: spontaneous yeah that's cool
0: so it's cool to me that we got the chance to interview her and that's something that even like when we first started i had gallows bound in the back of my mind as an interview oh but, it, it was great her single just came out today at the time of recording this. And Passing Ships. Passing Ships is the name of it, produced by Bouncing Souls guitarist uh, Pete Steimkopf, I think, is how you pro- properly pronounce his name. If he's listening to this and I butchered that, my bad. She said it was right, dude. Yeah. Well, no, no. She said the Plotnikoff was right. Oh. But I'm pretty sure I got the other one right, too. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I believe she said it. But before we get into the actual interview with her and jump into our conversation, we're going to preview her latest single off of her upcoming solo album, which still is to be dated, but check in the interview and you'll hear about that. Um, Unless you have anything else, Jeremy, I'm going to go ahead and play the song.
1: Um, Yeah, it's a banger, and um, anybody out there that likes it, Show her support, follow her on Spotify, Apple, same thing that you would do with us.
0: Yeah, and follow her on Instagram, you know, check her out, Um, check out Gallows Bound, and share the song around to get her stuff a little more well-known, because this is her first solo music that she's officially released. And uh, enjoy! So yeah. you're in New Jersey, right?
3: I am, yeah. I'm in um I'm in Bradley Beach and it's like I'm right outside of Asbury Park, New Jersey. But I just moved here um in October from Winchester, Virginia, which is like my hometown kind of thing. So but it's been really cool. It's nice. I'm like an hour away from New York City. It's an hour from Philly and so it's kinda cool being close to that stuff. And there's a cool little like punk scene out here. So
0: my grandpa lives in new jersey but i can't remember i think it's like saryville or something like that or Sierraville. i don't remember the name of it actually like how to pronounce it but it's like a smaller <laughs> town
3: that's cool yeah there's a lot of cool spots it's weird it's like you know if you would have told me like two years ago or actually really any time in my life that i would end up living in new jersey yeah, i would have yeah, like fuck in no your yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: that's what i was gonna <laughs> ask like how did you go from virginia to new jersey
3: uh, so when Gallows Bound, actually it wasn't Gallows Bound. It was, um, Gallows Bound was on tour in Europe. Uh, we toured Europe with this band called the Creep Show and they're a Canadian band.
0: Yep.
2: I
3: seen, we, I we're seen aware.
0: Kendra play with a broken leg one time. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they played some shows kind of like out that way quite a bit. Actually,
0: I seen them. I seen you guys play together. Actually, it was oh cool. uh, Creepshow, Gallows Bound. Yeah, it was at the the Magic Stick. I want to say or the Majestic. One of the yeah, yeah. We played a
3: lot of there in in, like the Majestic Theater, and we did um, like the they did like black christmas and blackout barbecue and a couple different like kind of bigger festival style things there at that venue which was cool because our booking agent at the time she actually lived in detroit so we would kind of end up getting on a lot of those little fests and stuff and um, yeah we did the creep show tour we did a couple tours with them through the u.s and then we just became like really good friends like total homies like it was actually in detroit maybe it was in chicago we were playing a festival and they were talking about europe because they go to europe all the time and they have like a really good crowd over there and i wanted to get us over there so bad and it just like worked out and they were like hey like would you guys want to come over on this tour with us and it was so rad and that was our first time in europe was with the creep show and it was like a bus tour and it was just like the best coolest thing ever for us just all kind of kids from Winchester, Virginia, like this little town in Virginia, like we're like actually out here doing this, you know. And and, um but so I started playing music with Chuck Coles from the Creep Show on that tour, especially. Like we just kind of started jamming, like I was working on some songs. And so there's a lot of downtime when you're on the road. It's like (laughs) you know, you're working for basically one hour and then everything else is just kind of hurry up and wait. So a lot of just like sitting around waiting to load in or waiting for the show to start so trying, i would like play, to fall uh, asleep yeah pretty yeah. much <laughs> <laughs> trying to fall asleep in random places throughout the, the world like yeah. on benches and in van seats and <laughs> it's but, a lot of um, hurry up
1: and wait basically hey
3: it's like totally hurry up and wait yeah. that's all tour is you know it's like you're traveling around you're driving like six hours to get to the show you load in you're hanging around all for that like 45 minutes on the stage, yeah. <laughs> you know, pack up and <laughs> just repeat. So, but, so we started jamming on that tour and Chuck Coles is like a really amazing uh, songwriter. He does some solo stuff and it's just, is really good. His voice is super powerful and he writes good, really good songs. And he was in some other projects and he was in a project called Oregon Thieves with um, Dave from Sum 41, um, like up in Canada. And they had done some recording in Asbury Park, New Jersey, with pete steinkopf from the bouncing souls and so chuck and i started playing and then like aaron and justin from gallows bound also like joined in and we started jamming aaron was playing upright bass and justin was playing banjo and then he was kind of messing around with pedal steel a little bit and um so we started like this little side project called united snakes and like chuck was coming down to virginia from canada and, and we got some songs together and so We went and recorded them with Pete up in Asbury. And I just, we had a really good time. Pete's like a great producer and just a really cool vibe being in that studio. And so then I brought Gallows Bound up there and we made a record. So we have like a full, we have a full record that like no one has heard yet, but it's done. We made a full record up there. And then, um,
0: how long has it been done for? Is it, it's after Appalachian Witch, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, I'm trying to think if it was like it was pre-COVID, so like we had this whole record. We were like going on tour, and then like everything just kind of stopped, you know. Um,
0: Because I remember the Bones single came out, and I bought I bought those 45s, and was all stoked because I was like, "Oh, sweet! That's like they're finally releasing a new record."
3: Yeah, and uh, yeah, song is off of that record, and it was made here with Pete, and like. We've got, it's a full length. It's really rad. Um, but then like, it was like right as we were getting ready to put it out, we were talking to some labels and then the whole world stopped, you know, when COVID hit. And so it just changed the trajectory of everything for everyone, you know? Um, so it's still like in waiting and we're just kind of waiting for the right time to put it out but we have it and it's like fully finished and mastered and i did a a master for vinyl so we could like release it on vinyl too and so yeah i mean it's like it'll be out eventually (laughs) we're just kind of trying to figure out what we want to do and and the guys um you know just like life changed for everyone and the guys kind of some of the guys decided that they didn't want to tour anymore you know like being home and Yeah, Uh, shifting gears and like our drummer Rob had a baby and like so it's all all really great like amicable everybody's stoked for everybody but you know like because we're not touring we're just not really sure like what we want to do with the record how do we want to put it out do we want to do like some hometown stuff or what you know but that's kind of how I got here was working with Pete and then I had such a great experience with him in the studio and then I wanted to make a solo record and I remember coming out. It was like Swingin' Utters and Bouncing Souls were on tour together. And I like drove up. I think it was Pittsburgh. And I drove up from Winchester. And I like talked to him about it. And he was like, "Let's do it. That'd be so cool. Like, let's make a full length." And I was talking to Darius from Swingin' Utters as well about like maybe getting involved. And um, and he was into the idea too. But he's like out in California. And so I went in and I I got the songs together and like we tracked drums and bass and then like that was like right when COVID hit too (laughs) like like we tracked the drums and bass and then we had that and my project was like the next one in line like once everything started opening up you know so I guess long story short I ended up spending a lot of time up here working on music and I was like if I keep coming up here I'm gonna have to get a job (laughs) because I've been like living in this studio right and and he was like oh you should talk to brian brian is the bass player for the bouncing souls and so like you know they're homies like best friends and brian has a a tattoo shop up here and it's called anchors away and so i started coming up and doing some guest spots in the shop like i would be you know recording in the studio and then i would like pop in and do like a weekend kind of guest spot thing and bouncing souls have a big thing called stoke for the summer every year out here and they have, like, uh, tattoo events around that. So I came up and I worked that. I just kept coming up here, and, you know, like, it's a, a cool scene. And it's like I was in a tattoo shop with, like, musician and tattooer kind of world. And and what? I just fell in love with the area, you know. And then the spot kind of opened up for me here, and I took it. So, but, yeah, it's all pretty new, but it's it's been really, really cool, you know. It's cool to be a, a part of that, that whole scene, so.
1: So did you not to say that you never wanted to go solo, but did you basically go solo because of the dissolvement or whatever of the band?
3: You yeah. Kind of like think forced that, like, into it. I wanted to do a solo record or at least like an EP, even when I was in Gallows Bound, because there are songs where I was like, Oh, this would be kind of rad with like an electric guitar or like right. some piano or like, you know, and when you're in a band, it's like, you have like this structure you know and like we had oh, like danzo, yeah. upright bass not that we couldn't like deviate from that but i just kind of wanted to see like what would it be like if i could make these songs just whatever whatever instrumentation i heard and like not really be limited to only having these specific tools in the toolbox so that was always definitely. just like a fantasy for me but you know being in the band and touring and between like owning a tattoo studio in Virginia and touring as much as we were I never had the time to really like see that through you know right Um, I think that like the way things unfolded with the world and then yeah like the band kind of deciding like obviously if we're not touring we have a lot more time on our hands because that was such a huge part of our lives and you know you can't do much of anything else when you're on the road well
1: it seems you know like i've seen obviously before in other bands where like you said somebody has a kid or everybody there's always going to be the Two or three people that you know still want to do
0: or still want to put out music and plus the more people in the band the more chance of that happening right right because you have more people to lose
3: and we're like a family you know like we had known each other like we all kind of grew up together and it's not one of those projects where like oh this person doesn't want to do it anymore we're just gonna find someone else like it's like you know it was it was always very like life happens yeah it was always very pure and like with love and it was like we made that thing together and it wouldn't have felt right to like have someone leave and bring somebody else on like it was just like we'd rather just like kind of not necessarily go our separate ways but we just rather put it down than like continue on and bring new people in you know oh no
1: i get it totally
3: i think that's uh, honorable you know a business you know what i mean it's like it was it was like a bunch of people doing it because we loved it. And I think as soon as you start to, like, if you if you bring other people in or if it starts to feel more like a job, it's just, it just changes everything. And, I mean, it is a job, but you, you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. No, it's cool because I think that that dynamic is, like, part of you guys' live performance because I've told many people this. Like, I've seen a lot of fucking bands live, but Gallows Bound is – top three of like all time bands I've ever watched live and uh, just because you guys have so much fun like while you're up there like I said earlier I live about four hours north of Detroit from 20 it was either late 2015 or early 2016 from then until I want to say 2018 19 I drove to every single show that you guys did uh, I think I missed one, uh, but other than that, for, like, four years, Man, that's pretty much so ran awesome. at every show, cool. and I always tell people, like, if you ever get the chance to see, like, go check out this band live, because it'll blow you away, and the first <laughs> time I seen you guys was at, I think it was Blackout Barbecue, like, a very early one, yeah. and coffin cats were playing and i think legendary shack shakers but i might be mm-hmm. mixing up a show
3: yeah i remember that show and the shack shakers played on the floor remember yeah, that because
0: they were in the bigger side
3: yeah yeah then, totally uh, I, rem-
0: the I rem- there was side. like a big fight in the middle of the crowd between two guys girlfriends or something it was like I right in front true. of me <laughs> and uh
1: that's weird that you bring up the shack shakers because i was like i had uh a song a Shack Shakers song stuck in my head for like three days and I just listened to it this morning yeah. to get it out.
0: they're a wild band live. oh yeah dude they're awesome
1: but... yeah
3: cool people and like I just I went on the tour with I did a solo tour with JD Wilkes and Scott Byron last year and that was cool and then I actually it's kind of fun facts but I am um, I flew down to Atlanta to make a couple of music videos and we I needed like a like a band like i'm like i need some people that we can kind of have in video because it's like all these songs are full band and we actually got rod um who was in the shock shakers for a long time <laughs> and he's like kind of like an extra That's in the awesome. video which is kind of funny you know but <laughs> yeah they're great
0: yeah i was i think it was just me when i first bought like when you guys started everybody else went out to smoke and I don't smoke, so <laughs> I'm just standing there like watching you guys warm up and do set, uh, like the warm ups and shit and sound check. And I texted my friend, I'm like, you guys gotta come in like right now. And then uh, <laughs> it was like me and that group of three other people that would go to every one of you guys' show. Even when you went to Grand Rapids, so I, I seen you at uh, Tip Top with Gutter Mouth and then I think another Grand Rapids show too
3: probably uh goddamn gallows because i know a couple of those guys are like i think right it was like, yeah yeah, yeah. it
0: was that's goddamn right it was goddamn shows. gallows yeah
3: yeah man that's really cool yeah and you know it's like it's it's mutual like that kind of like that kind of love that you have for those shows and like that passion and it's like we felt the same way like when we would go to those cities and you know you you kind of see the same faces and it's, yeah, it's it's just something that you can't manufacture. You know what I mean? It just happens. So, that's cool.
1: Right, what do you like better now since you've toured alone? You like uh, it with the band or you kind of like, like it alone?
3: I like playing music with people. Like, right. I think uh, ultimately I went on the solo. even And even my solo project, like, I'm going to be building a band with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... I mean you heard you heard the single, so it's like full like all of it, you know, and so you need that to go with you. Yeah, totally. None of it really like made with the intention of doing solo, just me and a guitar, but I felt like in this in between time of like, you know, Gallo's bound touring and then putting out this record, I wanted to stay active, you know, and I wanted to kind of get out there and I feel like, you know, if a song is good you should be able to play it just you and your acoustic guitar anyway you know and it should convey and i felt like i almost needed to like pay some dues and like get out there and do the solo thing like just on my own and i can do it you know i just did some solo shows in europe and you know it's cool it's cool to have the ability to do it you know what i mean yeah. um but it's not the goal and i definitely don't prefer it i mean it's fun you know, I can take the train to, to a show or I can get in my car. <laughs> you know, like there are aspects of it that are a little easier, but, you know, it's it's not the goal. Oh, I definitely it's want yeah, way more it.
1: fun playing with people.
0: Totally. Totally. You just got back from Europe from this would have been your first two solo shows,
3: right? Yeah. Yeah. My first two solo shows in Europe. How I did, did they, like two how'd that they that go? Year. They were great. We did uh, Muddy Roots Europe in Belgium. So have you guys been, have you been to Muddy Roots in, in no. Tennessee here in the US?
0: No, but I've watched uh, like videos of that and like Farmageddon Fest and all that stuff when it was going on.
3: Yeah, if you're like follow that circuit, you know, in any way, I think Muddy Roots is kind of like the- Yeah, like the big on one. On top, all that, you know, in the forefront, so.
0: You guys played um, there as gallows bound before, mm-hmm. right?
3: yeah yeah we played muddy roots um i think we played a couple times and then we did muddy roots europe and i actually um did my first solo show ever like ever at muddy roots europe in belgium and that was like four years ago and so you know when i got invited to come back it was like it was cool it was just like kind of a sentimental thing because that was before i made a record that was before i did all these tours and so it was cool to be able to get back on the stage and uh and do it again you know it's kind of sentimental and jason um like the guy that runs all the muddy roots he was out there and it was cool to just get to like chat and to see all these familiar faces and it, it was rad it was a good time
0: the band that we just interviewed uh this episode that got released yesterday subatomic strangers yeah. Um, i was gonna well i was gonna say speaking of the time since this will be like monday when people hear it but oh right you know what i mean um anyways <laughs> oh, cool. the band we just interviewed was from belgium actually oh cool
3: was like our
1: that's, first international
0: yeah. one
3: that's so rad it is cool over there was, we had i had a really good time and i brought like one of my uh one of my best girlfriends out there with me and nice. she had never been over there before and so like uh, Muddy Roots is like, it's like 10 minutes away from Bruges, you know, and it's just like uh, really beautiful and that's cool. Yeah, I we wonder just learned
1: did... <laughs> a little bit about Bruges. What'd you say about Bruges? Oh, we just learned a little bit about that from the guitar player. His name was Nico in, during that interview, and he was talking about how it's like completely mm-hmm. different because he, he lives there and he was talking about different scenes and he's like, Germany's where it's at, you know. <laughs>
3: It's funny, like, you know, I was wondering about that because when I went there, I was like, I wonder what the scene is like, if there's a scene here, you know, like when I was in Amsterdam, we played in the Netherlands too, and we flew into Amsterdam and like there were some cool little like punk bars and, but I'm like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like everything's close together. So it seems like you could just like pop into another city or Germany's always, you know, I've been, you know, when we played over there, they had a cool scene too, but yeah,
0: it's interesting. Yeah, definitely. Do you think overseas you kind (laughs) of, your music's better received? Because I know a lot of, it seems a lot of independent artists like are more appreciated in the areas you wouldn't expect, like Belgium or Germany or wherever. I see it like across all genres.
3: I think that's probably true. Yeah. I think when you're traveling and there's just an element of hospitality and yeah like the interest i think that comes from being over there and maybe it's because when you're in the u.s there's like so much going on and there's always music and like i don't know if that's got something to do with it you know like maybe it's like it's, it's
0: like more over-saturated here yeah
3: yeah mm-hmm. i think that's possible
0: or we just don't care as much I, I as think, they do like as i think am- they have collectively better, as americans right but they seem to have better festivals they have all better the time.
1: festivals better taste like i mean i'm just yeah, saying like listen true. to the radio and it's like all the same shit and then original artists like yourself are followed and bigger overseas you know
3: i think that that's probably true mm-hmm. yeah i mean i i see that and i wonder you know i wonder if it's like when you're in, an artist like when the creep show if like you from canada or yeah. the u.s that are there, mm-hmm. like does it feel more like oh, these people have come from a long way and, like, we're going to check them out. Or is it like that just with all music over there? Like, you think they're just, like, more into it, you know, and more supportive? Like, I don't know. But, I mean, it definitely seems like, you know, the, the fan base and people, uh, like, they seem pretty passionate, you know what I mean? Yeah, about it, yeah. yeah. Which is really cool, so.
1: I've heard Japan is <laughs> very passionate about Americans, too.
3: Yeah, I've heard that, too, you know, especially, like, uh, I heard that like the bluegrass scene like surprise yeah, you know because it, it's just so different I guess I don't know but that there's like actually a pretty solid scene for that over there too.
0: That's <laughs> awesome.
3: Yeah, it is cool.
0: So your new single <laughs> Passing Ships will be uh Friday?
3: Yes, it's going to be out Friday, June 30th.
0: I like it a lot. I listened to it. I tested it on different shit because I do that. I like play it in my AirPods and then I played it in my car and then I played it on like my basement stereo, then my upstairs oh, stereo. checking the
3: mix. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Because I, I don't know, everything, every area sounds differently. And I was playing it in oh. the record store earlier. Like I showed my partner here and I think like the, what's the guy's name that did the mixing? Mike. Um, Mike. In a cuff, yeah. Is that how you say it? Mhm. Okay. You were I right. guess that See, earlier. I, I was right on. And I'm horrible <laughs> names. I, I think he did a really good job, like bringing you and your voice front and center in the mix, and the band that is backing, the Walker Rotors, is it? Yeah. I like how it's just kind of lightly in the background, and your voice is like front and center.
3: Yeah, I thought that was cool too. Like working with Mike changed the way i see mixes and the way i like i it's so interesting like doing this solo project and doing it for the first time because it's kind of like you're creating something new as you go like there's no rules there's no uh, there's no guidelines to follow but mike has done so many just like really amazing records you know and it was awesome to just like hear and watch his process you know because I was kind of listening to the mix. I'm like, I oh, don't know. I feel like the vocals are too loud. You know what I mean? Like, it just seemed so loud. But then, like, he's working on things that go to radio, and he's working with, like, right. Sarah McLaughlin and he did, like, you know, the Cranberries records and yeah. In Excess, fucking, like, like, Aerosmiths. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, I guess you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. I guess you know what you're doing. So it was cool to, like, to see his process with all of that. It's amazing how a mix can change a song too you know what what I mean like listen to a mix and if it's not like there are songs that I kind of wrote off like I was like I don't know if I love this and then like he mixed the whole record you know and so there were songs that like weren't my favorite and then after he got a hold of it it was like totally different you know and it's it's really amazing to get to see that kind of artistry in action so I appreciate that and I think it's really cool that you like obviously you're like a A little bit of an audiophile yourself you know if you're like listening to it platforms and stuff that's cool
0: yeah no i like to dig in and compare stuff like that but i just i'm a big fan of your voice in general because it has the right amount of grit to it but it's also a very good voice at the same time so it makes like it keeps like a punk rock feel into it but also you have like a voice for radio at that like it's you sing very well
3: thank you I appreciate that and it's been fun to like do some of that solo stuff and explore my voice a little bit more like I kind of look at it like a guitar pedal you know it's like certain songs I can like turn up the gain or turn up the distortion or like you know try to make it like a little sweet and soft here and a little like dirty and gritty there and just like whatever helps tell the story and kind of like trying to look at my voice as like an instrument you know what I mean like there's so many different ways you can play a guitar and it's the same with you know vocals so that's cool and uh, yeah I appreciate that and then the Walker Rotors like that was something that came about with working with Pete Steinkopf as well so the Walker Rotors is uh, Ted Hutt who was in Floggy Molly and uh, James Fairley who is the accordion player for the Pogues and uh mark Orrell, who was in the dropkick murphys um and then the pedal steel is actually played by this guy called todd bean and he he's not in the walker rotors but he um he played with like lucero and chuck reagan and so it's like this really rad you know like coming from the punk rock world like you know and ted hutt who was in floggy molly he's also he's a producer out i think he's out in California um but he did like old crow medicine show and like Nico Case records and he he did the Bouncing Souls record and so I guess Pete kind of knew him from that and this was all like in the middle of COVID when like the world had stopped and so we had time to really dig into this these songs and I wrote it and then we were like you know there was this big instrumental break and we're like what kind of like what kind of direction do we want to go with this like what would be cool and and he was like, why don't we ask the Walker Rotors, like if they want to do it. And so he reached out and they were into it, which was really cool, you know. And so we just sent the track over and then they like did their thing on it and sent it back. And I'm like a really big Pogues fan <laughs> and I have been yeah, for a really yeah, long time. Yeah. And so, you know, getting that track back and it was just in this time where like, I mean, we all know it's like, it was just such a defeating time. Like I had no idea like what was going to happen next, you know, what was going to happen with the band, what was going to happen with my life, you know? And and I just felt so removed from, from music, which was such a huge part of me. And so working on the record was like kind of kept me centered and kept me going. And I remember sitting in my house, and getting that track back with the walker rotors on it and i just like i just like cried <laughs> so i was like oh my god that's the accordion from dirty old town like from the right. pogues you know I was like holy shit like it was just such a moment for me yeah, it's like um, dreams and-
1: do come true you know <laughs> like that's totally. to work with a bouncing anybody from the bouncing souls like from my point of view that'd be fucking epic to me like that just blow my fucking mind you know like
3: it was really really cool you know and it was really meaningful i have a lot of respect for these people that have been in the scene for so long and they still like the coolest thing to me about you know working with i mean working with p and working with brian from the souls in two different ways obviously but is they just like they have so much heart in everything that they do and um it's not like it's like they want to help people out you know what i mean it's like oh yeah let's do this let's get together and it's like really actually creating the scene and this like solidarity and you know when you have people that have been in that industry and in that scene for so long they still want to bring out you know the up-and-coming band or they want to like extend a hand and i just think that that's like the most punk rock coolest thing ever
1: because they yeah because they uh you know they're not hypocrites you know what i mean and that's like a rare thing
3: yeah like i think sometimes you can get people that almost are like gatekeepers like it's uh-huh. like oh you gotta like, i don't know they don't want to share it anything They
1: could be, or could probably, be dickheads like, for whatever reason
3: yeah and, and they just like they're just all genuinely like good people you know and so it's it's cool and yeah that whole thing with uh the walker rotors was just such a surprise and like never in a million years would i have like you know what i mean like yeah, like yeah. thought that that happen and so yeah it was it was really cool and that's like part of the reason why i'm just so excited to share it you know and it's funny because the song doesn't have like you know it's not like a punk song but it's got all of these people that are like punk rockers on it
0: they're like a little yeah. punk rock super group pretty much
3: yeah totally so it's uh yeah it's it's really cool i'm super excited about it
0: I did read that the album itself has like a star studded cast of people. Are there any more people like on the record that are from that scene?
3: Um. So I did a duet with Darius Koski from Swing Nutters. That's on the record as well. And then I had like Ginty, the keyboard player from The Creep Show. He's, he plays on one of the songs. Oh, also There's earlier, du-
0: I realized that I called Kenda Kendra. That was my bad when i said when i said i've seen her play with a broken leg but
3: yeah (laughs) and then luke um from the dirty nil like they're a really rad band up there it's canadian band too and he does uh he did a solo on the record then you know pete from the souls obviously he played on a lot of the songs like um some of the next singles that i have coming out like he did this guitar solo on one of the songs and so yeah i think that's think that's it I mean I don't know I got to think it was really like a big project you know and like just getting all these different people from all over the place because we were just right. like we had time to do it I wanted it to be like a production you know I wanted to, oh, like, it to be able to <laughs> it is it definitely, definitely. is you know? but I, I wanted that like I wanted to kind of create an atmosphere and tell the story and like really I just got really into into production like there's just so much you can do just like we're talking about with mixing you know it's like you can change a whole vibe of the song in how you choose to mix it and how you choose to produce it you know and what instruments are going to match this you know this like environment that we're trying to build you know to tell the story it's like when you're painting the picture around the story what kind of colors do you want to use what kind of brushes do you want to use and it's so cool to like be able to just have all of these different instruments and and to tell the story in that way you know so it was really fun um just kind of going out and trying to find people along the way you know
1: well if the rest of the record sounds anywhere as close as that single i think it's going to be what well, very very well received i mean it sounds like when i first heard it like 20 seconds in i thought that could be on the radio you know what i mean
3: that's awesome I mean, that's, I'm actually thinking it it like. like, right right like,
1: I assume you are I would I mean it's fucking crazy good.
3: <laughs> thank cause... you so much. I really appreciate that and it's cool, you know it's like I don't know how it's gonna cross over with like you know with gallows bound fans or anything like that but it's it's super cool to uh you know just to have that kind of feedback and like yeah we're I'm working into radio in the uk right now so that's kind of fun like before it comes out everywhere on digital platforms i'm already starting to kind of like do that and it's like that just started last week and uh so we're getting some cool feedback from that and we've got some people that have radio stations in the u.s that are interested and you know that's going to be happening soon so it's it's fun you know just to like see how far we can like throw this thing
1: you know what i mean oh yeah for sure
3: So thank you.
0: I mean, I think Gallowsbound fans will like it though. Like, cause you've done a couple Gallowsbound songs where it was just you singing and it was more of a solo type of song and those were always well received. So, I mean, why wouldn't the solo stuff?
3: Yeah. And we we had like some different kind of styles too. You know, it's like some of the songs were like, course when we played live it was just like kicking down the door the whole time you know what i mean but like we we had songs that were slower or more melodic or you know it wasn't always just like that kind of up-tempo train beat stuff like so you're right you know i think people that really are fans of the band will like i mean no matter what i do it's still going to sound like me you know what i mean so there's always going to be that element
2: (laughs) yeah i think um, it shows
1: your versatility for sure as an artist you know
3: yeah and that was one thing that was really fun about making this record too is it's not like you know there wasn't a specific genre that i was trying to stick with or like go for it was just like here's the song you know and most of it is electric actually so like this song passing chips is probably the most like kind of americana sounding of all of the songs like a lot of the other songs are like like there's more just kind of like rock and roll and you know, like electric guitars and just all all kinds of stuff going on. I got like strings and keys and (laughs) we were like working on one song and Pete was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool, like to do like French horn in this song. And then I just like went on this like wild goose chase to find a French horn player. And I ended up finding this woman in Nashville, and she's worked with like you know like Kat Stevens, and I think like like just like all kinds of different people. You know?
1: Like she's she's the one they call when they need a French horn player.
3: One, yeah, she's like the one. Yeah, it's
1: fucking awesome. <laughs> but it, does it was it. cool,
3: and it was cool like working on a record like that and getting to support musicians that are not working. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, were yeah, all yeah. Weird, like stand still and then you're having this like existential crisis of like what have i done with my life you know and like it was just really rad because a lot of these people have um you know have like studios in their house or a way to even if you can't play a show or you can't be around people they have like little home studio things set up so they can record their track and send it back and so you know it ended up like being this thing that became like across across the united states into canada like overseas kind of affair of like people just like you know sending them a song and then they would record on it and they would shoot it back and you know we got like darius on there you know like sent him the song and so it was it was cool to be able to you know create that i don't know if that would have happened otherwise you know what i mean but it was interesting
1: it's amazing how you can have an endless number of people on a record and nobody ever has to be in the same room you know
3: it's so wild yeah Yeah, it's it's wild for sure yeah like i've yeah people that you've never even seen in person you know what i mean but you can create something that's like lasts forever and it totally changes like the whole vibe you know it's it's i don't know i'm like i i love every facet of writing and creating music i think it's just all so interesting so i can just like talk about it forever <laughs> i think
1: it's awesome as a writer uh I, I told my old lady this like the hook is like it's fucking perfect you know what i mean oh
3: thank you
1: like it's uh the song's very catchy that's why i was like man this shit sounds like it like what's well, our radio station is a uh, country one's like 99.3 or something like yeah that. anyway uh, i was like that's pretty crazy
3: okay i'm gonna need you guys to like call in and request the song be like you haven't heard of this person oh you gotta you gotta play it
1: no actually (laughs) send us a list of numbers man we can totally do that
0: i have have a
3: it's punk rock like diy this is how we do it you know what (laughs) i mean like (laughs) nothing changes
0: no i have a sort of connection here with the radio station and i actually might be able to make that happen
3: yeah totally i mean you can send i think i sent you my i sent you the same like the same thing that is going out to all those radio stations like in the
0: okay. uk and stuff yeah i like um, i know oh, one I'll of the to... like directors yeah, there dude. so i'll get in contact with That's her and send her totally the same are. thing that would be so um,
3: cool
0: i'll get in contact with you if i can make something happen with it
3: awesome yeah that'd be so cool thank you
0: so does the title of the song passing ships have any sort of significance in any way or is it just the title of the song
3: Um, I mean, I think it's just, like, the most visual element of the song, you know, that whole idea of, like, kind of something being there and not being fully seen and, like, there being more to the story and connecting with something that is, like, kind of on the other side or just out of reach, but, like, feeling it, feeling it there, you know? So I guess it just kind of came from that.
0: Okay. Um, Do you plan to tour off of the solo album?
3: Yes, I do. So... What I wanted I've kind of paused submitting for tours as a solo artist until this music comes out because I really want to perform it as it is on the record, you know? And it's like it's such a weird thing to play solo, just me and a guitar and no I mean you guys have heard the song, so it's like it's so it's so big and it's got so much like life to it, you know? Yeah, it was like you said
1: earlier, you gotta have a fucking band
3: yeah it's so it's weird to play it solo and be like all right but just like you know it's like in my mind i know what it could be um and so i want to put this stuff out and then i want to go on tour and play that you know and, and i'm really right. really excited for that, but it's just like this is the next step to that so yes i do want to tour it um but because it's a new project it's like i gotta i gotta get this stuff going first and and then i can start submitting for tours so
0: do you have an approximate time that you want to release it yet, or is that still kind of up in the air?
3: So, I'm going to release, you know, Passing Ships is coming out on Friday. And then, what I'm going to be doing is like a series of singles, you know, and I'm sure you guys know with like all of your interviews and being kind of in the, the music world, it's like it seems like that's kind of where we're all headed. It's just releasing singles right now. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm right. releasing. Singles and just like kind of like riding this thing out for as long as I can uh, before putting out the whole record you know and I've got I've got music videos for the next two songs ready to go too so I'll be doing some singles and then maybe a little EP and then I'll be putting the record out um, but I mean the full record probably won't be out till um, maybe next year maybe like the beginning of next yeah, year yeah
0: catch that strategy that's I get it that's no. Yeah. it's the it's the smartest way to yeah. do it but as it a person as a person that like hears something and is like damn I want to hear the whole uh-huh. record now I'm like fuck, fuck. I got to wait this long
3: <laughs> totally yeah well and plus you own a record store so you still yeah. have like an appreciation for an album <laughs> like start to finish I'm sure you know whereas yeah. like it seems like a lot of people nowadays it's more just about like getting that single and uh-huh. getting on the playlist and you know like jumping in the algorithm with this song or like People want to, you know, use the clip on TikTok. Like, it's not so much about like sitting down and listening to a record, you know.
1: I guess it's um, like we like our music one side at a time.
3: I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, I like that. When I made the record, I made it with the intention of it being listened to from start to finish, and like, I've always loved records like that where like you you almost feel like you're hearing like you're hearing like the uh you know the frayed edges of, oh, of something. yeah like close you your eyes hear,
1: and go on the ride
3: yeah instead of like here's the radio edit like cut out all this trim the fat get yeah, to yeah. The good. yeah i get that idea but i also love just getting to like t- this Put on some headphones and just get lost in a record and see where it takes you. And so, um, like the song that I did with Darius from Swinging Utters, I actually like one of the things on the on the record is it's like it's like thirteen minutes long, <laughs> and it's it's like three songs, but they weave into each other like it never stops. So it's like I guess like almost like the decline from No Effects so or like something in that nature where it just kind of like. The song ends and then it just turns into something else and you're like it's almost like being a part like watching a movie or something yeah you know? so it will
1: take up like almost the entire side of the record and with like one big song yeah, it's
3: awesome. yeah totally you know and uh so it's like but i love that kind of stuff and um, i've almost thought about like maybe i'll just reserve that strictly for vinyl you know what i mean like i'll have these little single like the songs that are going to come out on spotify they have to be kind of chopped up but like there's mm-hmm. a bigger story that's happening, you know, and I don't know, I, I still love that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about it. And I'm very like, I'm very conscious of it because it matters to me. So like, I'm going to be very methodical about like the way that comes out. Um, I still, I still love those little things, you know?
1: Yeah. I love that you have the um, complete control of everything.
3: Yeah. It's cool. And you know, we did that on the Gallows Bound record too. Like I was like, like, how do we, you know, kind of weave these songs into each other? And I've just always been fascinated by that kind of stuff. And, and then we started doing it live, which is really fun. Uh, it's just like taking oh, yeah, one song. can and-
1: improvise like all the time.
3: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's something that I think is really cool. Like, as you it's like, you want to grow as an artist, you know, you want to, you want to continue. And sometimes I feel like the more you grow the more you have other people that are kind of influencing your sound or wanting to kind of funnel you into a certain category. And so it is kind of cool. Like, you know, I think that's part of the reason why when you hear debut records or early stuff from bands, it's like, sometimes it can be a little chaotic and it's a little different, but it can sometimes end up being the coolest stuff because there's no one telling you what to do. And you do have complete control and like total freedom to just kind of, like experiment with whatever you want and that can be like kind of a cool time you know what i mean musically
0: most definitely and it makes for better music too because you actually have your heart into the music instead of somebody trying to mold you into the blueprint to create dollars for this that and the other
3: yeah totally you know i've kind of encountered a little bit of that with like putting out these songs or like, you know, on the back end, I'm like sending them to certain people. And, um, you know, it's like, what genre is it? Where do you want to go with it kind of thing? And it's like, you know, I don't, I don't look at it that way. I just look at it. Like if you love it, you put your heart into it. It goes where it wants to go. And, um, Mike Plotnikoff, the engineer that worked with all of those really big artists, It was like kind of intimidating sending him all of my music (laughs) and i sent it all to him and he was like he said i think all these songs are really great and it's different they're like different styles but they all stand on their own and like it's not in a way that would like slip through the cracks so it's like you know you might be able to do a song to like country you know radio but then you can do one that's more like alternative or indie or rock and So that's cool. It's cool to hear that from somebody who's like worked in the industry with so many artists. Like, you know, it might not just be one thing, but like maybe it'll be heard in a lot more different genres for that reason. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to like pin yourself down to one thing, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. I like that. I read something about Gallowsbone being called (laughs) Appalachian punk bluegrass the other day. And that's the first time that I heard that talking about genres. (laughs) It made me think of that
3: yeah well I mean it's like how do you describe it you know it's like that's kind of what I tell people I just say we're in like a punk bluegrass band you know because it's not to me it's not folk punk (laughs) but like I know a lot of people would probably call it that but I've never I've never associated uh, gallows down with folk punk but we have been associated with it you know what i'm saying
0: <laughs> well, i think that's just because of who you guys have like toured with and played with because you've been wrapped in and intermingled with a lot of those bands
3: totally yeah and i mean like it's been cool like you know we play with a lot of bands that are like definitely like you know driving that folk punk scene you know but i think for us like because we came from the Shenandoah Valley and we grew up around a lot of traditional bluegrass. And especially like Justin, you know, our banjo player, he's like really kind of studied that stuff and like he's really good at it, very technical. And so oh, I yeah, think there you, was a part of us that, that like hold on to that um the technical aspect of it and the traditional aspect that we draw from and that's from where like that's from growing up in the Shenandoah Valley and being in the Appalachian Mountains and surrounded by that so like it was important for us I think to like I guess like to give credit where credit is due and like actually give a nod to that being a part of our music you know what I mean like I think that that was why for us it was like punk bluegrass instead of just like folk punk
0: (laughs) yeah you want to be like if you put the time and effort into research and appreciate all that like you should be tied into that genre yeah not just lumped into the easiest one to throw you into but i mean seeing him play you can totally tell that he's heavily like influenced by that because his picking is nuts
3: yeah totally and i mean like even though uh, like it's like we set ourselves to I don't know. I don't want to say a different standard, but like, we were all pretty interested in that. You know what I mean? Like Jesse's like learning how to play like different styles. And I was like practicing finger picking and like, you know, kind of getting into a little bit more like flat picking stuff. And like, like we genuinely cared about trying to incorporate those things into our music, but also like in a way that's like, you know, reflects who we are, like bringing the drums in and like making it punk rock, (laughs) which is like who we are, you know? So it was always an interesting thing. Like we never really fit in totally at the punk show. We never fit in totally at the Bluegrass Festival. (laughs) You know what I mean? But we would just do all of it and we didn't care.
0: You were like the the unique band that stood out amongst all of those, though, which I think is what kind of made you a little cooler to me.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I always loved that too. Like, I think I always thought it was cool that we didn't fit in no matter where we were, because whether you like us or not, you're going to remember us. <laughs> you know? <laughs> right.
0: So, so the upcoming solo record, how many tracks are going to be on
3: it? Uh, it's ten songs altogether. Like I said, I got that kind of like musical journey that starts out with that duet with, with Darius from Swinging Utters, but it's it's ten songs in total.
1: Okay. Yeah, I want to hear yeah. that, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I'm
3: excited about it. I've kind of been trying to figure out how I want to present it to the world, you know, because like I can chop it up and we can just do the song with Darius first. And then I don't know. I don't know how I want to do it, you know, because if you're like putting something out on Spotify, you don't really want to put out like a one track that's 13 minutes long, you know, but I also want people to know there's a whole story here. This is just one chapter of a story, you know? Well,
1: yeah, and then like if you play everybody the first two, then everybody's gonna want the third one, you know.
3: Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking that maybe I'll title it like Part One or something. So yeah. people, know there's another part to it, you know.
0: Yeah, or even like put that in parentheses if you have to at the end of the track, just so people know.
3: Yeah, that's a good idea.
2: Because
0: yeah. a lot yeah. of people will just like put their shit on shuffle and just let it go wherever and. Right. I don't know exactly like so the, most I mean, people would miss discover that. things though too yeah well yeah it's good for things but like for your day-to-day listening like i not actually i'm just gonna say 10 out of 10 times i pick an a whole album not just i'm gonna hit shuffle here yeah, yeah, but yeah right
3: yeah, yeah. And like everybody's all into like getting on playlists or like you know with the way spotify or all these things like they might just grab a song and it's like how do you how do you convey that like hey there's a there's a story here you know
1: <laughs> well and coming from a punk rock world there is so much that is not on spotify you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you got to go to band camp or something to really like find the good stuff
3: that's true yeah and i think that's why i want to do like i mean that's the cool thing right now is like getting to kind of be my own record label and i mean i've been around you know with with gal bound like we've you know hung out with a lot of people in the industry and like same i've just always been that person i was the one that was like trying to learn how to do this and do that and get here and there and you know so i have a, it's taking all of that information from like different labels and people along the way and kind of figuring out how i want to do it but i i still have like a, a love and a reverence for like full records and, and vinyl and so it's like you know it might just be like a treat for people who really do care like people like you guys who are going to band camp and like you're kind of digging for that kind of stuff and like it's cool mm-hmm. when you get to find something different like when you take the time to research a band and you're like getting online and I mean you're right that is the punk world like people passing around I mean how many bands have, did you discover from somebody handing you like a burnt CD or like a, a, like a cassette tape you know like right. that's like a big part of me that's like the first time I ever heard <sighs> bad brains was like on a a bad brains like agnostic front like was on this like mixed cassette tape and then like if you guys ever got it did you guys ever listen like mission brew It was kind of like eric peterson like kind of like folk punk stuff or like against me first time i heard against me it was like a really scratched up shitty like burned cd (laughs) so there's definitely something about that that's just like i will always have a love for you know
0: i was watching uh documentary on max's kansas city the other night and there's like jane county in there yeah and i was thinking about how like laura jane grace is like the the next generation of jane county or wayne county whatever you want to
1: call them well when i saw against me she was not she didn't she wasn't her yet. she wasn't yeah i don't know how to say that but that was a long
3: time ago yeah uh, we were, like, pretty influenced by, like, we had this, like, you know, the crime acoustic EP, like, that kind of, and, like, w- way in the beginning. Like, I remember we had these, like, recordings, and I don't even know where you can find them on the internet, but it was, like, back when it was just a two-piece and somebody was playing on pickle buckets, I think, and it was, like, <laughs> screaming and playing acoustic guitar. And, like, there's one song that I just, uh, I can't remember if it was, like, Shitstroll stroll. But it was like a version of one of those songs, and it's like, I can't understand any of the lyrics, but I want to cover this song so bad. <laughs> and I like couldn't find the lyrics anywhere, you know, and you're just yeah. like listening, trying to pick it apart. And, but, yeah. <laughs> but but and you it's, don't want
0: to cover it and then just butcher it on accident. Yeah, like, <laughs>
1: wait, that's <laughs> not what that word was. <laughs> Sorry,
2: There's right. a, yeah, yeah,
0: There was videos of this dude named Jesse Stewart all over YouTube for a while that were just basically him screaming with a mandolin but they were all like the songs were so catchy
3: yeah and sometimes it's just like you can feel it like i don't know how to explain it like the first time i heard against me i was was like this is just like pure like like pure emotion you know like totally unfiltered like just like and you can feel it and it's crazy how much music has that power and like you understand the words and you don't even know what you're listening to but like it just hits you i think it's all on like a
1: vibration
3: you get yeah that's totally true i had a conversation like that with the 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 guy mike the engineer where like we were talking about that how you know you are like when you're recording music you are like you are capturing the vibration like that's literally what you're doing and you're kind of like capturing the energy of this moment you know and like if you're conscious of that i mean this is a little trippy but it's true it's like if you're conscious of that like you are like kind of encapsulating this vibration and like then it becomes like kind of immortal (laughs) like it like goes out into the and it's timeless you know what i mean but yeah i think that that's like definitely a part of it you know if you're like having all of these huge feelings and like screaming into this microphone and just pouring your heart out like as human beings i think that like you can feel that you know what i mean yeah, you oh yeah can feel it.
1: definitely i'm like an old man but i used to like tamash a lot and you know you'd hear like the band wouldn't even be playing and you just hear that ring out and you just can't help it but like you're running <laughs> yeah. back and forth like going nuts already and they didn't even start
3: like, it's time yeah it's time to-
1: yeah you know <laughs> it's, time. it's like it's time to get down bitches you know
3: that's so funny yeah i remember that feeling <clears throat> the the first mosh pit that i ever got into was at gbh and the circle jerks the circle jerks at the 930 club in washington dc and i think i was like 13 years old <laughs> that's gnarly, and i was wearing man. chuck taylor's i was wearing chuck taylor's so there's like not much protection no not there. At all <laughs> and i just like i jumped in and i just remember like it was like being you know in the cartoons when there's just like that ball of dust that rolled yeah, by it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like i just felt like i just got sucked into one of those and spit back out and i was like oh my god what just happened but it was like all that adrenaline and definitely yeah, so- <laughs> but yeah you feel it for sure like that's the thing
1: we used to have shows in a barn so that it was always dusty
3: or <laughs> they punk shows
1: yeah, and hardcore shows, metal show. We had to always everything always got mixed, you know.
4: That's
1: cool. So love- we've had, you know, who Twenty Five to Life is?
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: they played in like um what up here would be Wilson Township, which is probably like the pop a population of like six hundred. I don't know, it's small, and it's still unbelievable to me that they played out there, you know. But you know, that's so cool whatever you think about rick healy i'm just this was like a long time ago but it was uh it was gnarly you know what i mean like all our friends that were chicks were like mosh and it was fucking insane
3: in the barn (laughs) i love that like the diy venues you know it's like you get to see your favorite bands and it's just in like these super random places like we used to do out here well not out here in winchester where i grew up we had like the scene was just so small i mean that's how we kind of all met anyway it was like punk shows because like jesse and rob were in like a thrash band and aaron was in a, a punk band and then i was booking like i was like booking punk shows at the roller rink nice, you know? nice. and so like getting together like that's how we kind of all met but man, like the show some of the best shows i've ever seen were like that you know like at the ice cream shop yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and then one time we saw um mr brew came through on tour and it was like the show was an antiques tour <laughs> and like i have a video of it i'll like send it to you guys but like it's just like this tiny little antique shop and everybody's like jammed to the front like singing into the mic and then like somebody's like state like like crowd surfing <laughs> and it was just so funny man and there's
1: like, all these like priceless antiques everywhere
3: <laughs> well they were like around like it was like there was this one little area that the show was supposed to be and you know you know how it is like when you're Hell doing yeah. a DIY show, like you're like oh no it's just it's not going to be like you know you always downplay it yep. to the
1: per- <laughs> I'm having a birthday party <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah it's no it's just a birthday party yep. we just got some fr- and a guitar. Family just, you know, reunion. a guitar yeah like nothing nothing crazy and then next thing you know there's like all of these punk kids like slinging beer cans and yeah. like crowds
0: <laughs> that's awesome you'll have to send that to us
3: yeah. I'll send it to you. It was, it's really funny. Um, that is
0: literally but, by yeah. definition, that is bulls in China shop.
3: <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. But it's like <laughs> long live the DIY punk show. It's like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. It's just something special about it. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a certain energy. They <laughs> did and... many
3: bars for sure <laughs> over the years. <laughs> yeah.
0: So obviously you have a big punk rock background but Jeremy and I were more, a little more curious about, like, what is some of your countryside background as far as
1: influences
3: uh,
0: and stuff? Go? Yeah, like
1: your vocal stylings and whatnot.
3: Yeah, it's so funny because, like, I I think just from kind of growing up in that area and some of the, like, more traditional kind of covers we would learn and stuff like, um you know, like, listen to, like, Olabel Reed and then Winchester, Virginia is where Patsy Cline was born and raised so you know we would kind of like I think there's a little bit of that maybe old country and then of course like growing up I was like kind of subjected to 90s country like it was just like playing you know Um, I grew up like my dad owned a tattoo shop and my mom was like we like lived on a farm at my mom's house so I was like in like country world and in punk rock world, like at the same time growing up. So, are like, so you know, second kind of generation tattooer? Yes, that's yeah. fucking so cool, I, man. Yeah, so I like kind of grew up in that world and at the same time, like you know, I was like in 4H and like living on a farm, and you know, like that's just like you're a radio country growing up. And then when I got old enough to like list, have more musical autonomy, <laughs> that's when like you know, I I would say like. I didn't really listen to a lot of country music. Um, I despised all of the like, you know, the kind of pop country stuff. Um, Well,
1: yeah, you went from Travis Tritt to like Bad Brains and Agnostic (laughs) Front. You know,
3: (laughs) like I can't
1: blame you, man. That's like insane.
3: (laughs) Yeah, you know, like when you start to like get your own, like, oh wait, I don't have to listen to this. I can listen to whatever I want, you know. And then you start exploring that. But you know, I would say, like, I guess the country side of you know when I was in Gallows Bound like when we were doing that it was it was just more traditional like listening to Del McCurry or you know doing um like uh I did a a split with Jake Orvis from the goddamn Gallows and like he did a cover which this isn't out either it's another thing that like we have (laughs) We I got a lot of music that I've made that's like ready to kind of come out but
0: you have a vault or yeah, i've heard like a few songs yeah. you've played I have a, live a
3: literal, i have a literal vault it's like an actual it's like an old picture you know like one of those like oil paintings that like kinda of behind it yeah and That's then awesome. you open, up, <laughs> <laughs> open up the picture there's a vault and um inside of that vault is all of this music
0: uh, okay but don't tell anyone.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah we'll just cut that part out
3: yeah definitely i i fully trust that you will cut that part out and you will not tell anyone about my secret vault so (laughs) but yeah i mean like we with the song with jake we did um he did like kind of his own version of columbus stockade and um you know like just kind of that stuff like the doc watson like just more traditional and less less of the like mainstream country i guess but I've never really heard my voice as that, but everyone else does. You know what I mean? It's like, I guess just because. Yeah, I think it's just I,
0: because that's where you grew up. So you have exactly. that sound.
3: Yeah. So people are like, oh, you got that country twang. And I'm just like, I don't know how to take that, <laughs> but it is what it is. You oh, know what it's, I mean?
1: a, it's a good thing. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> like, not to sound like a businessman, but like, I just heard dollar signs, man. You know what I mean? <laughs>
3: all right well I mean that's how good it
1: sounds I'm like I'm not trying to I don't want to say dick ride because that's not you but I'm not trying to like (laughs) suck up I'm just saying like it sounds like it's it's good man it's that good
3: so like I appreciate that and like that was like you know kind of the goal is to like just make it as good as it can possibly be like I'm not I'm not limited to a certain genre I don't have like a you know so I'm just like I want you to like it and I want your mom and your grandma and your little sister. <laughs> no, for sure. And punk rock friends. And like, you know what I mean? I want everybody yeah, like yeah, Hopefully, you know, I guess you can call that what you will. Like some people might call that mainstream or they might call it you know, whatever. But I think the cool thing is it's like it's just I just want to make music and I just want to do put my best foot forward. I want to make it sound as good as I can. I'm not like trying to market it to a certain audience or you know what i mean Does that right make sense? right
1: yeah absolutely. you just want to sound the best that you can and who wouldn't want yeah, to exactly i
3: just kind of just want to do it and then just see what happens it's and not you your hope-
1: fault that you sound like really fucking good that you could possibly be on the radio you know like sorry
0: it's, it's not my fault uh, you know i was just born with it fucking overwhelming God, talent <laughs> It's like, what was that Nicolas Cage movie that just came out that was like the weight of carrying this massive talent or whatever it was called? I don't, I don't know. It was, it was like the, most, to watch it was was the most like narcissistic house. title ever, but it was sarcastic. <laughs> the Unbearable Weight. What is that weight. from?
3: Where did you hear that? It was
0: a Nicolas Cage movie that called like the Unbearable Weight of Massive oh, Talent or something right. like yeah, that. That's yeah.
3: great. I, that's funny. <laughs>
0: I actually didn't watch it. I just remember seeing it, and I was like, that's fucking ridiculous.
3: It was a pretty good movie.
0: I would imagine it would be, but...
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's, like, you know, that... Like, the title's definitely a bit much, you know, but...
0: But that's what makes it kind of more appealing to me, Mm -hmm. because Nicolas Cage is, like, an A-list actor, but he does, like, B-movies.
3: Right.
0: (laughs) Which I think is cool, because he's like, man, (laughs) you guys are all making the same movie in Hollywood. Like, let me... uh, he was in this movie called Prisoners of Ghostland, where he was tied into like a bomb suit, and oh, it was like us. a it was like a telepathic bomb suit. Just so won't like, let me watch. If <laughs> he had impure thoughts, like his balls blew up oh, or something. what? Yeah, it was a crazy movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, is, this was, like, is this like newer or older? It's newer, and I was like, Oh my god, dude! I'm you're like, that. you did like Grammy. I don't know if he's won a Grammy or uh, even Las Emmy. Vegas, dude. Like. Did he? I but, don't know if he won anything, but huge, he did that. He's a huge named actor. So just to do something like that is like, it says a lot about okay. his character.
3: Was it good?
0: I don't want to call it good, but it was definitely entertaining. <laughs> like, it's, okay. I mean, it's worth watching because it's laughable. But right. it's, I don't know. I bought it. I mean, if, but if that's this not was a podcast <laughs>
1: about movies, I would vote Nick Cage to be like one of the
0: worst actors ever just saying <laughs> I think he, I, I know somebody that has one of those pillows that if you slide your hand across it it like <laughs> makes it all like colorful and whatever and then you slide it the other way and it makes a picture and the picture is Nick Cage shut
3: the fuck up <laughs> dude that's
1: serious that is that's real serious it freaked me out the <laughs> first time serious. I seen it I like
0: sat on it on accident and I was like
3: oh my god it's Nick
0: Cage you yeah, do I wanna do that to my wife
1: <laughs> That's why I can't watch Nick Cage because she I, fucking hates him.
3: Yeah, I don't want like I don't want Nicolas Cage sneaking up on me like that On no. my like home decor. No. <laughs> oh, that would give me nightmares.
0: Uh, it was it's such a random thing to have.
1: What and what if he was he, like his character in Wild at Heart and only sang Elvis songs to you?
0: Well, didn't he? Well, I don't know. Is, he You've married... never Seen Wild
1: at Heart? <laughs> it's a David. Uh-huh. Lynch, it's a David Lynch movie, so it's pretty. uh
2: wasn't Pretty he gnarly. married
0: to elvis's daughter oh for a minute yep yeah because he's like the biggest elvis fan ever
2: yep. it's kind of creepy a... though it's very creepy
1: <laughs> i think they were only married for about a month
3: crazy i don't know but and, we're, yeah, we're, we're,
0: we're way off we're, topic yeah, we're going rambling on the cage sorry <laughs> i was just <laughs> like there were so many outlets to go
3: from that <laughs> this is why see like he knows what he's doing yep
1: exactly
0: yeah he's like look I'm making people talk about me these guys are supposed to be talking about a record and they're talking about me
3: (laughs) he's gotten us for sure (laughs) but no I'm
0: I'm really looking forward to the record I actually Mm -hmm. like I want to say it was 2016 I looked at it earlier but now I'm blanking a long time ago I made an Instagram post because you had a video of you singing out of the back of a camper or something and Hmm. uh I was like and it was just you playing an acoustic guitar you were just singing and yeah. i was like oh this would be sweet if jordan made a solo album and it was like years ago and uh i don't know if you had already been planning on or like anticipating to in the future or whatever but then when i heard about it like a few weeks ago like when i got a hold of you i was just like oh my god it's fucking happening finally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool
3: yeah i remember that that was like no i wasn't planning on it then i um i'd like taken we had a break in tours and i wanted to like travel and i actually took the band band and i like threw a mattress in the back of it and i i went across the country and i went out to um like took it from virginia to california and i went to like sedona and grand canyon and i was in joshua tree and i like stayed in this little camper out there and was just working on songs but yeah i mean i've had of course like i write you know i was writing songs the whole time wrote songs from gallows bound so i would have songs that like we didn't record and you know i've got tons of stuff that just feel like is bound to happen eventually you know but how, that's cool how long was that trip
1: that? where you went on a just driving out there and writing how long um that? i think it was
3: like like how long of a trip I think I was gone for like uh maybe two and a half weeks three weeks something like that I just yeah that was how did that ever did
1: you get a lot of a lot of writing in or
3: yeah it was super cool I mean I took my guitar out I kind of take my guitar everywhere I go always but um yeah I've never really done anything like that you know like just me and I bought like a national parks pass so Uh I could just kind of out in the in like all these cool places and it was uh yeah it was cool i did i wrote quite a few songs during that trip so
1: yeah that's something i'd always i always wanted to try i don't know if i'd do it exactly alone
0: but yeah i mean it's
3: pretty my girl it's definitely fun and super cool and i I think there's something like i feel like everybody should travel by themselves at least once in their life you know like just do something whether it's whatever it is but it's just i don't know there's it's a totally different experience you know and you kind of get to like meet yourself like wherever you're at in your life you know you get yeah. to kind of meet yourself i don't i feel like we don't do that very often and i think that that's part of like being a writer or an artist like you kind of have to make time to like like actually be still and like drop into whatever that is that inspires you so you can like right and get it out of you you know what i
1: mean oh yeah if more people did that i think the world would be a more peaceful place for sure
3: i think so too i, I, th- feel I think like it's just a people, people get caught
1: just... up in the fucking run of life or whatever i don't know
3: i think like we're kind of like you know in society and like we're kind yeah. of conditioned to constantly distract ourselves from ourselves you know and it's yeah, like yeah. really just about like know yeah what if like i think a lot of people maybe they're not even comfortable just like being still and being with themselves because you're just like constantly surrounded by like noise and you know flashing screens and you know what i mean it's like you're too busy to
1: even think like about who you are basically
3: yeah exactly
1: or you're afraid to be bored yeah or afraid to find out who you really are yeah
3: yeah that's like the most ever you know and, so, and i think that's so true and like it's kind of like all of the things that you're looking to get away from like you got it. like you go right into it and through it and that's really like where you find the most like profound things and where you heal you know it's by like actually like turning in turning toward yourself turning toward that thing instead of away from it but i think you're totally right like a lot of people are afraid of that you know
1: yeah
0: well, it's an inspiring story i'm glad uh, i asked that
3: oh well thank you
0: when you're writing do you like to kind of be off on your own and get a clear area and headspace or do you just kind of let things come as they come
3: i think i have to be on my own a little bit i used to write a lot in my car like i would just like go on drives because i feel like i could sing loud and <clears throat> a lot of times i would write there's songs on our records like on the Bond records that i wrote like that like before I even picked up a guitar I just would like come up with the hook and like the lyrics and like where you know get acquainted with like where the song is coming from you know I feel like when you're writing or you're creating like you have to be driven by something like by some sort of feeling or idea or you gotta have something you want to (laughs) say and so I think like for me I have to be I have to be on my own so that I can hear that. You know what I mean? Like you can actually like give the song space to like right. kind of. Yeah, grow. Write Yeah, be written. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's like you're more of just like a channel for it. And you just have to kind of like get still and like listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? And And maybe that is just like listening to yourself or whatever, you know. But yeah, I think that's usually my process. And then I just will like demo it write it out and then just kind of like get into producer mode and start thinking about like how do i want to build this or you know that kind of thing and sometimes they just kind of come like passing ships was pretty straightforward like i knew i wanted to i I think i wrote the chorus first and i just like wanted to start with a chorus which i don't normally do and i thought that was kind of cool start with that and it, it kind of all developed in like a day you know and it never really changed that much so that was kind of cool that doesn't happen all the time for sure
0: yeah where all the pieces fall into place immediately without having to okay i got this bridge here that'll eventually (laughs) fill in something three years later or something you know sometimes that shit takes a while to write
3: yeah sometimes it feels like work you know what i mean like when you're trying to put something together and then sometimes it's just like it just happens and you wonder if how much you even had anything to do with it like it's weird how that happens <laughs> but it's true
0: yeah it is weird how sometimes you're like writer's block really is a thing like when i was in high school i used to write songs all the time and uh i don't know sometimes you'd be like cranking them out and then other times you can't even barely write your name on a piece of paper
3: yeah totally totally and like there's no rhyme or reason there's no there's no right way to be an artist or a writer you know what I mean so it's it's kind of cool to hear different people's processes and some people look at it like a job you know and they sit down and they like every day they put a drop in the bucket towards that and other people are just like kind of wild and crazy with it and like you know just can like write a whole song in a session one sitting i don't know it's it's cool like there's no there's no rules you know like it's all just art
0: yeah so you said you like to sing in the car mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't, man <laughs> no i do too but i don't <laughs> you know i don't have this, i don't have this voice like my uh, car singing is like uh you know terry cruz and white chicks when he's singing yeah white... <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like at the stoplight that's more along the lines of that but oh, i was yeah. gonna i was Gonna ask, like, when did you discover that you could sing?
3: Um, I don't know. I started. I mean, I got, I got my first guitar when I was nine, and I it was like a little acoustic, like three quarter size classical acoustic guitar with like nylon strings, and I think I would like, I I wrote songs then, you know, and sang a little bit. So I don't know when I realized I could sing. I think I was always kind of when I was really little. I loved it and I would just like just sing like kind of pretend like on my own and then when I got older I was like more timid and in Gallowsville I'm like I used to be like very shy kind of like in the back you know and when we first started we we switched instruments like I was playing mandolin when we first started the band and then like it was just, everybody played different instruments like Jesse played upright bass and Aaron would play guitar and we'd switch around and and I would just do like harmonies. Like, I was so scared to sing in front of people. <laughs> and so I was just like very quiet, kind of in the back. And then, like, I just kept writing more. And like, people were like, oh, you should sing more, you know? And like, I kind of slowly got out there. So I think I knew, I think I knew I could sing for a while, but really having the confidence to sing and like get out there. I think I was a singer before I was like a performer. You know what I mean? Yeah so yeah, I, can I can sing I can in my car all day but like getting on stage or singing in front of people like it took me some time to really like develop that you know
0: yeah it's two totally different art yeah. forms
3: yeah to- it really is you know and it's so crazy like you can be a songwriter like you know I never really did any of this because I wanted to go on tour <laughs> you know what I mean like I just wrote the songs because like I, I just felt kind of like there was a part of me that they just needed to be written. Like it was like cathartic, you know, helping me get through a time in my life or whatever. And it's like I had to really work on becoming a performer because that was not, that was not like my natural state was to like look at me, let me get on stage and shine the light on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a, it was like a fake it till you make it kind of thing for sure.
1: I know a, lo- uh, a lot of musicians that are amazing, but as soon as they get out in front of people, it's like they just, they're like, no, nah, I'm not interested in that. You know, like the, a really hard thing for some people to do, you know?
3: Yeah, totally. It's its wild how many different hats you kind of have to wear if you want to be a musician. Like if you want to be a performer. Like granted, there you know, you can be amazing and you don't have to go play shows. You don't have to do that. You know what I mean? But if you want to try to like make any sort of life out of it, right, it's like you right. really have to gotta to be you know, I mean, you guys know just by owning a business and doing the podcast, it's like you, gotta you put might in the work, man. Do that. Yeah. But you then you got to know how to do graphic design. You got to put together the flyer. You got to be your social yeah. media guru. Like yeah. it's pretty wild. And, and that I think shit, it's, it's like, the like
0: social media is a, a pain in the ass to fight through like algorithms and everything. So,
3: yeah, it's crazy. It's like trying to learn all of this stuff is like the furthest from like what I thought. I was gonna you know what i mean like i have yeah you just wanted
0: to be holding a guitar (laughs) yeah i'm just Uh, playing a mandolin and singing harmonies
3: yeah it's so wild you know and like i love it it's like i'm almost just like hooked on it you know i can't i can't not do it like i will always be in the studio making songs like writing and like i love the kind of producing element but it's so insane (laughs) to think about like the amount of hours that I have spent like on the song that you are going to play on your show or the song that you listen to, you know, the song that's streaming on the radio, it's like three and a half minutes long, but I have spent so many hours on that song. And then like, after you write it, then you have to like take the photos and come up with the you know artwork. And it's just, it's amazing, you know, and it's like you write a song and then it kind of takes on its own life and it like, Drags you along with it, <laughs> you know.
0: Yeah, and then you got people like messaging you, like, "All right, where's the next one?" Like, yeah, <laughs> as if like, it you took know, you do three it. minutes. To yeah, finish. yeah, right.
3: <laughs> it's so crazy, you know. It's so wild. Like, I love it and I hate it at yeah. the same time. How much work it really is just to get that three and a half minute song into your living room you know what i mean and like all of the people that are involved in that process and it's it's amazing you know it's really wild
0: yeah it's a labor of love for sure
3: yeah there's no there's no other way you could do it (laughs) you know no way
0: was gallows bound your first band or did you have bands before that
3: oh it was my first band i think that was like part of the thing that made it so special you know is it was just such an organic experience and it just happened like we you know we all grew up together and then we would like go to a party go to a bonfire and you know we'd all be just like sitting around playing acoustic guitar because that was like it was dark and we were in the middle of the woods you know (laughs) and uh, and like that's how it started and it just kind of and I mean granted like I was a you know I was a tattooer then I grew up both of my parents were like self-employed and very driven and like i remember like you know i was like okay like if we're, and i booked our first tour we did this little east coast run and like i i booked that and i've totally fell in love with it and then i was like all right like i want to do this you know and i remember like i remember being in the van and like turning around and looking at the guys and being like guys <laughs> like if you trust me like if you let me like go for this like I, I won't let you down. Like I will take care of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, And I worked my ass off to, you know, I like got us a, got us a booking agent. And like, I made sure that we knew everything we needed to know to like go out on tour and not come home in the red. And like from the beginning, we never did, you know? And it was like, I already was running a business at that time and was like establishing myself or I was already established as a tattooer. And so like, if I was going to walk away from that career, even if it was just to go on tour for like a month, you know, like I wanted to make sure that I was giving it my all. And like, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, I was, I was going to go for it. And I wanted to make sure that everybody else in the band who was giving their time to it, like was going to be okay too. You know I mean? To start a band and go out on the road as a six piece, like in the beginning when you're like, not really making much money on shows and trying to survive like it's it's brutal man like you really got to be smart about that and like there's nothing easy about that
4: (laughs) You You gotta imagine
3: (laughs) yeah you got to love each other and you got to love what you're doing because if you don't don't even do it don't even try (laughs) it's not worth it you know
0: yeah and that's like a lot of people in gear to carry around too and then
3: oh my god it was crazy i mean six six people and we were in we would get in like a 15 passenger van with all of our gear it was like shit. it was like clown car style like we yeah. didn't have a trailer so it was just like all of us and all of our shit and the upright base which is like basically another human being yeah. you know
0: it's been known, you can't <laughs> like that's yeah yeah and it's not like you can just like discreetly cram it in a yeah, corner like, somewhere right.
3: what the bass yeah, yeah, yeah it's like
0: this big body oh, you know. like yeah
3: you're like what, like you're just eternally damned like every time you're like i think i'm gonna play upright bass and then the rest of your life you're like why the fuck did i decide yeah
0: that's probably why <laughs> I I that. coffin cats kept it to a three-piece they're like fuck that we got we got my bass i don't have room for yeah, more people in the band
3: poor- <laughs> yeah totally they're great too like really good people and they're kind of up in your neck of the woods right they're like kind of detroit based
0: yeah they're yeah. in detroit and um i've heard rumor that one of the dudes i think it was vic bought like a cabin or something in this area i don't know if it's true or not people always say mm. that about everybody
4: <laughs> so apparently there's
2: That's a, cool.
0: a that's, uh, wasn't there just a Coffin Cats twentieth anniversary show or something that just happened? I am not sure.
3: I think I know they were just on tour. I yeah. don't know if it's the twentieth anniversary. Probably they've been a band forever. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were. Um,
3: well, I mean, that's another band. Like we toured with them. I guess you know you guys might have seen us with them. But
0: yeah,
2: I, I mean, they were a couple really times
3: inspired too because they were like, um, they're DIY. You know, like they make all their own merch and like. Yep. I know for a while, I don't know if they're still booking, doing their own booking, but you know, like they, they were like a self-made kind of band. Like they like did it all, you know? And I remember like, we learned a lot from them, you know, we would go out to their, like they had like their, you know, merch shop and everything where they're, and we would order our shirts from them and like you know but and that's how we did it like that was our model like aaron our bass player he was a mechanic you know and so it's like if you're like in a band like that you gotta have a mechanic in your band yep, you know a good <laughs> like, guy to have right. on the road yeah
0: no shit yeah.
3: and then like rob you know rob is a photographer and he does graphic design he was um like a genius at apple you know like that's what he did before we started doing this and so like he was making our tour posters and like you know doing all these like promo photos for us and like everybody and then jesse would do all the merch and he was like you know getting into screen printing and like we were just like a an opera it's like a business like we were an operation you know what i mean and it was just all like diy you know just making it work so
1: yeah there's no like ways around it it becomes a, a business either way you know
3: yeah totally you know it's just the way it is i mean you're giving so much of your time and energy into something and it's the only way to like yeah in some ways it has to be like you're saying you know yeah so but yeah it's it's really cool and i'm i'm so thankful that like we had all of that time and we got to do all that together and like all of the like hours that we spent on the road and you know it's like it's all kind of trans translated into like who we are today and you know to be able to have that kind of platform to continue making music and like already have that kind of foundation with gallows bound is really cool too you know
0: when did gallows bound start originally was it like 2013 ish
3: i think it was actually What
0: was it earlier
3: i think it was 2011
0: okay because we because i remember there's a, an album before the self-titled one
3: yes that was like i don't
0: remember the name of it though
3: i think it was called empty flask empty heart and that was the main song on it and i think the only way i think it's like on pandora (laughs) it's like the only place it actually is online you used to be able to stream
0: it on apple music like years ago but they took it off
3: oh crazy yeah like i know it's i i don't know if it's anywhere like i don't even know if i have it <laughs> yeah it's i didn't like, know
0: if there was a physical copy ever made of that because yeah. i have
3: There's, yeah multiple there were,
0: physical copies of the other stuff
3: there were physical copies but i don't know if it's like digitally anywhere right but yeah we had cds of that we made that i think that was 2011 or 2000 like 2011 was when the band first started and then Ben, his name is Ben. He's a fiddle player and he was in the Hackensaw Boys and he had like this little recording set up in a cabin out in the woods in West Virginia. And that's where we made that record. And we were like, we had never been in a studio. We didn't track it to a click. We didn't know anything about tracking it to a click. And then like our self-titled album was made in our friend's house (laughs) and that wasn't to a click either like that was just like it's just so wild to think about like those songs kind of took us everywhere and we just made them like that record was just made in our friend's house you know what i mean like we didn't even get any studio time until like appalachian witch and that was like our first we're gonna go into the studio and track this and like You know track it to a click and like really do it it wasn't just like live and uh yeah it's pretty wild like the evolution of all that you know (laughs) yeah
0: because you guys toured off that for like quite a while
3: oh we totally did it was it was crazy it was like we did that and then we just kind of we just kept going it was like it was kind of a weird way that the band i guess like the way the way it just it grew because we were like busking and then people kind of started inviting us inside <laughs> they're yeah. like okay cool so like this this is working and they started inviting us indoors and then we started playing some shows and i booked our first like little tour and then we have a front my friend reese he's a guitar player for this band called havoc and they're like a pretty big metal band like a thrash band yeah, yeah. and we live in the same town and he was like and like i think i tattooed him him and like our parents knew each other, like it's like small town stuff. But um, he was like, oh, like, you know, maybe I can like send your music to our manager. And like, even though it's a different genre, like maybe, you know, they will be interested. Like, would you want to do that? And I was like, sure. And so that's kind of how it all started. Like, and then the manager liked it. And like, we worked with him for a little while and then he got us hooked up with a booking agent. Um, and so we kind of went from like busking and playing like a couple shows here and there locally to like tours like we got our first tour with I think it was with the Tossers and like so we, we didn't really do the whole like building yourself up regionally we like immediately started touring like across the US and we just did it <laughs> And so it was like kind of a crazy way of doing it like instead of taking on your state and playing everywhere in your state and then playing everywhere in your tri-state area we like yeah, that's, on the that's whole,
1: jumping whole, in the deep empty. end for real <laughs>
3: yeah yeah we did and there was like six of us and we were not getting paid very much money and we we're just like all right we're gonna do it but that's you know we, we took the same i mean the same approach just applied it to the united states instead of you know just virginia so yeah. it's
0: pretty well sometimes it's best just to risk it and yeah. do it and then see what happens
3: yeah it's like if you get the opportunity You know what I mean? If somebody's interested and they're like, hey, like, do you want to do this? You got to just, sometimes you just got to take it, you know? And I remember like, I remember when the booking agent, like when they wanted to work with us and like, and the manager was like, all right. He was like, buckle up. (laughs) It's about to be a wild ride. And like, none of us had ever toured, like, you know what I mean? Like we were all in the same boat. We were all just like kids from the same hometown. Like, all right, we're going to do this and he wasn't kidding it was definitely a wild ride you know
0: (laughs) i mean we could probably keep you here like all day talking just continuously about music in general but um do you have anything that you want to say about the single itself or the upcoming album or when you're going
3: to
1: be
0: playing next
3: i just want people to check out my single passing ships and listen to it and share it and um just keep an eye out. Cause I've got, like I said, I'm, I'm going to keep releasing stuff and just, um, yeah, just keep an eye out cause it's coming. It's all coming. So.
0: One thing I do want to ask before we sign off, which is something that we ask to all the guests on the podcast, just cause Jeremy and I are fans of multiple genres of music. Um, yeah, we just like always ask place. people what is something that you listen to that people wouldn't expect you to listen to
3: um I listen to I mean I love like Otis Redding I love Otis Redding I don't know if that's unexpected but to
0: some um, people maybe, maybe but great voice loves great I voice love so I love Otis Redding see, like, know, like yeah that's not that surprising. That's really
3: like anybody would argue with something like that like what's unexpected I'm trying to think of unexpected you know yeah. I'm not sure well, like like, uh, we had,
0: uh, we've had we had people give some like some of the most random answers yeah, so yeah, yeah. sometimes people are like well i listen to whatever and people yeah. just kind of whatever
4: but uh, i think
3: i've been to like the like i started listening to like durant jones and the indications like some kind of this like new wave of soul you know i think that's kind yeah. of cool
0: um, yeah uh, uh, there's an artist by the name of leon bridges that's a newer soul artist that's really good
3: yeah, his stuff's really good too. But oh, it's kinda of cool, like people bring back that like when music was just made with real instruments and like yeah, you know. Like
0: that Motown sound like kind of stacks. Air stacks. Air yeah, stacks exactly. or the Philly soul stuff.
3: Yeah. So I don't know, maybe that
0: <laughs> have you ever listened to a girl named Star Anna? No. She's like In your realm of music I think you'd like her We actually Like I have an interview Set up with her Later in the summer But uh, She does She had a Star Anna And the Laughing Dogs She had a band And then she did Some solo stuff too That was really good And It's kind of like you Like you can't really Define it into one genre Like there's a bit Of punk rock There's a bit of bluegrass There's a bit of country There's It's a melting pot Yeah it's hard to define
3: awesome yeah i'll check it out for sure
0: but yeah um i don't want to keep you all day so thank you for jumping on the show and sitting here talking with us about the single both of us really enjoyed it and i'm sure everybody listening will too once they hear it
3: awesome yeah thank you guys i appreciate it it was fun It was cool catching up and just kind of thinking about some old old memories and telling stories and stuff so it was rad good
0: times <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I could keep going for a while. I have a bunch of show stories from when I've seen you guys, but there's another time and place for that.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, like I said, maybe, um, I mean, eventually that record's going to come out, you know, so, and and when it does, or if we do a single, I can always hit you guys up and like, you know, we can get a couple of the guys on and do another thing. Or if I, you know, put out that split with Jake Orbis, we can, you know, I'll just hit you guys up. Like yeah, that'd be something fucking awesome. Out, you know, yeah, that would be yeah. sweet.
0: You uh, you have us on Instagram, and then um, you can hit up that Instagram or my personal. It doesn't matter.
3: Okay, cool. Yeah, I will for sure. We'll talk again. So. And then
0: I'll definitely get in touch with you about the radio station thing. Um, I just have to get the yeah. lady's email, but she's in here all the time, so um, yeah, I'll get in touch
3: with so you about so cool. that. Let me know. I would love to. You know, if you need anything else from me, but um that email is the one that they're like sending out you know kind of all over the place and it's got a radio edit on it and I'm like the full version of the song but um yeah that'd be super sick i'd really appreciate it
0: yeah i'll definitely get in touch
3: well cool. and i'm just kind of looking for like you know any anybody like right now because i'm just getting this stuff off the ground so like if there's any other people that you're cool with that do podcasts that are kind of similar or maybe a little different or, you know, any people that you think might be interested that, um, I could just kind of help like expand off of this. Let me know, you know, I'm all ears. So,
0: okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely will
3: sweet cool all right well thanks you guys and i'll be on the lookout and whenever uh everything comes out i'll be sharing it on my end too so cool yeah thank you very
0: much i'll be talking to you again once i'm getting close to sharing stuff but it'll be out monday morning so
3: okay sweet awesome
0: all right yeah thank you again you have a good night
3: all right you too see you guys